Michael Duke show. I have two guns, one for each of you. Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to my little friend! I say that the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms. From my cold, dead hands. Friday. Where's my rifle? Where's my gun? This is for Biden. This is for Biden. Firearms Friday. Firearms Friday. What the heck? How did this happen? How did we get, I mean, wow, that was a fast week. I mean, boo. I mean, I know it was a short week to begin with, but uh, oh wow! If only every week could be this uh, this short coming into the weekend, huh? That was that's good stuff. Welcome to the program, um, and uh, thank you for coming on board and joining us. It is uh, Friday, and yes, it is Firearms Friday, which is the one day a week that we dedicate to the Second Amendment. And uh, to talk about gun issues, gun rights, uh, firearms laws, statistics, uh, I mean, everything. The whole thing is basically dedicated to uh, discussion around, about, and uh, part of the Second Amendment. That's what uh, what it's all about. And uh, we appreciate you coming in, and uh, we appreciate you coming in and being part of it. Uh, It's... um, Just another beautiful day uh, here in paradise. Uh, Big part of Firearms Friday. Now, I've got no guests today. I know I was working on a couple, but like I said, such a fast week. It kind of got away from me and was just not able to land anything. But that's okay because being the first Friday of the year and being the fact that I was off on vacation for – the last, um, I don't know, 10, 12 days of the year and everything else. We've got a lot of headlines that we can hit on and talk about. So <clears throat> we'll, uh, we'll be, uh, We'll be we'll be jumping into it and uh, and talking about that. Also on Fridays, one of the things that we love to do is we love to open up the phone lines and uh, talk with you, the listener, and do what we like to call. Um, we like to call Q&A. Gun Q&A. There's no such thing as a dumb gun question, right? That's the beauty of uh, that's the beauty of, uh, of being able to ask questions and talk about it and have a, a no a judgment. What do they call it? Judgment free zone. This is a judgment free zone. Right. So you could ask questions that maybe uh, you've always wanted to ask about, but you're just too embarrassed. You, know, you don't want to walk down to the local gun store and and stand in front of the gun counter and uh, ask a question that might be embarrassing. People don't want that. Well, the anonymity of uh, radio and the anonymity of the Internet gives you the ability to uh, do that. Uh to, to to come in and ask questions and talk about all the stuff that uh, all the stuff that's fit to print. So we'd love to we'd love to hear from you. Love to hear what you have to say. Phone lines are actually open already this morning. So if you have a story or a discussion or a talking point, we'd love to we'd love to hear um, we'd love to hear from you. 
Uh, it's actually one of my favorite parts of the week is getting a chance to sit down and uh, and talk with you listeners about, uh, you know, the news of the day or your firearms thoughts or whatever else that uh, you want to do. So it's uh, come on, come on down. We'll uh, you are the next contestant. We'll get it all squared away. Um, and then, of course, at the end of the show today, we're going to be joined by Willie Waffle from WaffleMovies.com. Willie comes on board and uh, gives us the weekend, the, the review of weekend streams, the entertainment stuff, the movies, and everything else, um, which is also one of my favorite segments of the week. I'm, I'll be honest with you. Uh, you know, because I could see kind of the, uh, I get kind of a feel for who's listening to the program and who's not, uh, not b- from the radio, although I think that it probably uh, coincides uh, with the viewership uh, online. We do simulcast the radio show every day on um, the internet, on Facebook and YouTube and Twitch. It's a three-way simulcast. Uh, and so I could see how many people are <clears throat> watching the various streams and everything else. It kind of gives me a, an idea of, uh, you know, who might be listening out there in radio land. And, uh, so I don't know why Willie's segments are not as popular, uh, as, uh, it's the, the, the viewership always declines a little bit, but it just doesn't matter to me because I think it's a great way to start the weekend. And I really enjoy, uh, I really, Willie and I have been friends now for going on eight years. And so it's, uh, it's just like having a conversation with a good friend who happens to be in the know on all that stuff, uh, that goes on in, uh, that goes on in the entertainment industry. So anyway, that's coming up at the end of the broadcast this morning. So feel free to do it. So Phone lines are open, 907-433-3150, brought to you by our friends over there at Satellite West. You could find them at um, uh, SatelliteWest.com. They can, uh, well, they'll hook you up like a hook you up like a tow truck. Uh, get you connected anywhere in the state of Alaska, whether it's uh, cell phone service or phone service through satellites, whether it's being able to send text messages, whether it's uh, internet, uh, surfing the internet, or sending emails or whatever it is, they have got you covered. Just go over to satellitewest.com and get some solutions and find one of your local dealers. There's all kinds of local dealers across the state that deal with the stuff from Satellite Technical Services, uh, better known as Satellite West. Phone number to call is 907-433-3150. Also want to say uh, thanks. Uh, We've had, over the last couple, three weeks, I've had uh, several businesses reach out to the program from around the state, down in the peninsula, up in the Matsu, who have expressed an interest in uh, uh, joining and sponsoring the program. Uh, so we're uh, we're making a difference. People are obviously hearing about it. And I want to say thank you to them. And, and we're going to be welcoming some new sponsors onto the program here in the near future. And uh, kind of excited about that as well. 2022 is actually, as far as the show, as far, well, it was a 2022 is a pretty good year overall. But as far as the show goes, uh, a good year for the show, especially now that we're, you know, got the 
the new digs all squared away here in the studio with new equipment and some other things. It's uh, I'm really looking for 2023 is going to be spectacular. It's going to be spectacular, and uh, it's going to be uh, um, it, it's going to be fantastic. So. We're looking forward to it. <clears throat> you guys ready now? Shall we dive into it? I've probably bloviated enough, and we're ready to uh, we're ready to hit into some headlines and take some calls and talk about the things that you want to talk about. As long as it's firearms related, we are good to go. One of the things we're going to cover today is the total media blackout of probably the largest. Um, and most, uh, I, I guess, well, most relevant, maybe the largest and scariest Second Amendment story of 2022 that nobody has uh, really been covering. And it came out right at the end of the year. And uh, it is a um, it's it's uh, it's pretty spooky. I mean, it's it's really spooky. So we're going to get into that here in just a little bit. Uh, Stephen Gutowski over at The Reload has got uh, have published this story back on the 15th of December and almost no one. And Gutowski is is a journalist who probably is the uh, uh, who probably is the most even-handed journalist as it, when it comes to reporting on firearms issues. Um, he's a he's, I mean, he's just kind of one of those you know honest voices out there in the wilderness. Uh, and he published this story again back on the fifteenth of December, and it has gotten uh, like zero media coverage. Uh, uh, I think Fox picked it up and. Um, uh, one of the other, uh, uh, let's see, I think it was Fox and the Daily Caller wrote something about it. Uh, but this whole thing is, it's shocking. It, it, it's it's shocking in, um, well, I guess I'm not that shocked in one way, meaning the government and bureaucracies working hand in glove with uh, special interests and uh, people who want to take away your rights. I guess that's not as shocking as you would think based on all the stuff that we're seeing about the Twitter dump and the collusion between the the federal government and the FBI and the and the DHS and and all these uh, you know and uh, and the and the NIH and you know all the pressure that was put on Facebook and Twitch and or uh, Facebook and Twitter and all these other ones. So that part is not shocking. Shocking. I guess what's shocking is just kind of the meh kind of response from the news media. So we're going to get into that here in a little bit. I know that's a wicked tease, isn't it? Because now I'm not going to tell you about it. Um, but there have been some other stories that have come out. We're going to do some armed citizen discussions as well. Stories of how a good guy with a gun uh, was able to stop a bad guy with a gun and why that matters. Uh, we're also going to uh, talk about how the mainstream media continues to uh, just step in it, step in it when it comes to guns and gun arguments and rights and what the law actually says and an apples to apples comparison on things and and everything else. And surprise, 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 the news media very rarely does a very good uh, uh job on that. And I just want to make sure. Um, yeah, that's who it was. I just want to make sure because I'm going to tell a story and I couldn't remember the guy's name and it just came to me. So we're going to talk about that uh, as well here 
uh, on the program. Uh, I guess the big, uh, some of the big news, though, right out of the gate, uh, that's close to us would be in the Pacific Northwest, and that is Oregon uh, and their anti-gun measure, which was Measure 114. Uh, that was uh, on the ballot back in November, uh, and it was a, uh, it was a, you know, wildly. Uh, it was wildly contentious, and the referendum, it was a citizen's referendum or initiative, and it squeaked out a victory on Election Day of 50.7% to 49.3%. I mean, that's how close it was. Um, and uh, it has continued to basically languish uh, because it has faced so many court challenges. This was another example of them passing a law uh, that, uh, you know, where they wanted to get something done and they said, okay, here's what we want. Uh, We want the background checks and we want uh, magazine capacities and we want, uh, uh, you know, the the uh, um, we want the, uh, the the background check to be stiffer than federal law and everything else. But they put in no there was no mechanism on how any of that stuff was going to work once the law went into effect. Like, you know, we want this, you know, but there's a whole underpinning of bureaucracy and there must be funding and there's got to be a mechanism. And there's, But they didn't put any of that. None of that was in the referendum. So that it would behoove the, the legislature and the bureaucracy and the powers that be. They got to create whole kinds of things to make that work. And, of course, they couldn't get that done in, in 60 days. There was just there was just no way. And so basically you were going to uh, not allow um, citizens of Oregon to be able to exercise their Second Amendment right because they wouldn't be able to buy a gun because there was no systems in place to enforce the new law. I mean, it was really a, a, a cart before the horse kind of thing all over again. And the fact that the law itself has become so contentious um, and there have been multiple court cases now that have uh, uh, that have uh, you know flown into the into the courthouse, and uh, the measure the the supporters of the measure have just taken body blow after body blow as more and more judges and more and more decisions rain down on it, and uh, we're going to give you the details on that here in just a sec. Uh, but uh, we gotta we gotta go we gotta go. So we're going to take a quick break. And when I come back, we will uh, we'll start off with that story from Oregon. The another uh, another body blow for uh, Measure One Fourteen. We'll give you some details on that, and we'll take your phone calls 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We'll return with more right after this. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. 
Well, how y'all doing this morning? How are you guys doing? How's how are things? How are things going? How are how is it all happening? Uh, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I'm going back to the top of the screen here for all the uh, comments. Um, and uh, uh, any of you have that odd Christmas decoration that just won't fit in any container, box, or package? Yeah, no, we've we've had that happen, Brian, for sure. And then this last couple of years, my wife is kind of. Uh, She's kind of been nesting a little bit, and so we've acquired a lot more Christmas decorations all of a sudden from around the house, you know, little signs and pillows and things like that. And every time she comes home with something new, I'm like, well, that's a new – there's a new Rubbermaid, and there's a new Rubbermaid, and there's a new Rubbermaid. Because, <laughs> you know, you got to put all that stuff in the basement or the crawl space or the attic or wherever where it's, you know, musty or – you, know, you got to protect it. <laughs> what I really need is some of those – what do they call them? Space bags or whatever, where you stuff everything into it, you know, suck it all up and squeeze it down. That's what we need. That's what we need. Um, all right. Uh, Sandy asks me, uh, how's the store coming? I want some beard curler. Not that I have a beard. <laughs> yeah. The store is coming really well. I have one more piece to put together. That I mean, the, the website, the brand new website. I have a brand new website that I built. Um, I actually built it about two months ago, uh, but the one part that kind of it was a stumbling block for me was integrating the store with it. And in the store, there'll be Burnt Beard Curler Coffee. There'll be the new T-shirts. I actually got a couple of emails about the T-shirts I've been wearing this last week because every day of the week, except for today, uh, I have been wearing a uh, brand new Michael Duke Show T-shirt uh, that I put together. Um, and so... Um, that integration of the store is the most technically difficult part, which um, I'm stumbling through. Uh, I'm supposed to get some help with it today uh, from a friend of mine who builds these things. So hopefully within the next couple of weeks, the store, the website and the store will be live and you'll be able to order T-shirts and mugs and um, uh, and coffee and maybe stickers. I don't know. What do you what do you guys want to see? Do you want? Do you want stickers that you can, you know, put on your water bottles? Do you want, uh, do you want t-shirts? Do you want license plate frames? Do you want, I mean, what do you want? What would you, do you want magnets you can throw on your fridge? I don't know. You, you I don't know what would, I know t-shirts and mugs are pretty much a no brainer, but if you were going to support the show and buy show merch, what would you want? Um, you know, what makes sense to you? What would you drop your hard earned cash on? I'm interested. I'm in, interested. Interested to say it. Um. Anyway, let me uh, uh, let let just let me know on that. Um. Paging Chris Costa to the white courtesy phone. <laughs> what was this? If if only there was a word to describe the collusion. Or excuse me, I read that incorrectly. But that was Freudian, wasn't it? If only there was a word to describe the collision between corporations and the government. I read that as collusion because Freudian slip. It's Freudian slip. Um, let's see. Maybe we could make one word up and it just begins with an F. Oof. Oof. We've been fudged. You know what I say when I I'd say fudge, uh, when I just I you know when I when I'm so mad I just say fudge, 
Uh, if you touch me again, I'll fudging kill you. Uh, sorry, that's a supernatural reference. Um, <laughs> geez, Louise. Uh, okay. Um, Oregon has gotten so messed up. I lived there for 30 years and we were, oh, I lived there 30 years ago and we were fighting then. Our eastern side of the state was talking about splitting with the western side of the state and joining Idaho. I know. It's uh, it's just insane. Absolutely insane. Bumper stickers, stickers, and T-shirts. That's been the that's what I'm seeing right now. Like water bottle size stickers. That's, uh, you know. I suppose Michael Duke's ammo is out of the question. <laughs> yeah. I've, I, I would agree that that is out of the question. Nah, fudge. Uh, all right, we gotta we gotta go. We're jumping back into it, the Michael Duke show. Well, howdy, howdy, howdy. I'm not a cowboy, nor do I play one on TV, but that's okay. We're jumping back into it here. It is the Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Radio, and it is Fire Arms Friday. Firearms Friday. Our chance to chat about all the good stuff uh, that we want regarding the Second Amendment and more. Um, and you know what I'd like to hear from you today about, you know, the, I was just thinking about it while I was talking to people because I can multitask occasionally, but while I was talking with people in the chat room, um, I was thinking about what would I want to hear from you about today? And one of the stories that we're going to talk about is the media, the talking heads, right? The talking heads in the media and how they continue to just barf up inaccuracies, um, false information, uh, just sometimes completely inane things that are actually so far from factually true, it's embarrassing that these people should call themselves journalists or advocates or whatever they are. And we're going to cover that in just a little bit um, with MSNBC. They are continuing to, uh, Tom Knighton over at Bearing Arms said they continue to beclown themselves on the gun discussion. <laughs> Which I, beclown, I, that's a word that I have not heard. You know, they continue to be, me thinkest thus thou continue to beclown thyself. <laughs> to beclown, I I actually love that word now. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think what I'd like to hear is maybe some stories uh, for, or your recollections of some of the most inane and obvious and blatantly false things that you've seen come across. Um you know, on the major news services or the, or the, you know, the, the the cable news channel or on radio or whatever, where somebody says something that is so blatant, you're just like, what? No way. They didn't just say that. I'd love to hear those stories. I have my own story on that, by the way. That is the, the, I I have the story that made me basically, um, up until that point, I wouldn't say that I was an adherent to Fox News, but I was, you know, I was a fan of Fox News. I thought this is a pretty, you know, 
pretty it's nice to at least get an alternative opinion to what the mainstream media was pumping out there right but this was the beginning of the end of any kind of um um fidelity or 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 uh, loyalty that i felt to fox news the story that i'm going to tell you in a little bit but we're going to get to that before we went to break we were talking about so call in if you want to with your stories of uh you know things that you've seen on on the news uh, on the internet, on the websites, on the on the broadcasts or, or whatever, the news wires of these various organizations that things that make you go, what? Uh, so I'd love to hear that. 907-433-3150. Uh, but before we went to break, we were talking about uh, Measure 114 in Oregon. Now, that was, again, a referendum that was on the ballot that did a couple different things. First of all, it set up a gun purchase permitting scheme, meaning before you could purchase a gun, you had to apply for a permit from the state and receive that permit to simply purchase a gun. There's also a background check component on it, which basically says, I mean, federal law is is that if you step into a gun dealership, uh, an FFL, a federal firearms licensee, right, an official, then you have to fill out the 4473, which is the background check form. And they call it in to the NICS background, the National Instant Check System, which is the most ironically named thing, the National Instant Check System, which is notoriously slow. It, it, there's nothing instant about the NICS system. Uh, but they, they're supposed to call it in, and you they will get one of three answers from the NICS check system. One of three answers is approved, meaning, yep, go ahead. The second one is denied, meaning, no, you cannot give them this firearm. And the third one is delayed. The delayed part is something could be wrong. Something, you know, something is, something is, you know, go, um, I remember, oh, this is probably 15 or 20 years ago, I was buying a shotgun or something. I can't remember what I was buying. And uh, I got delayed, and um, I couldn't figure out why. And then uh, it might—I can't remember what. Ha- anyway, there was something like my social security number had one number that was flipped or something on the deal, and I was like, "Okay, weird." Um, but I wasn't denied; I was delayed. So what delayed means is they need to look further into that, right? Oh, there's something we need to look further into this. There's something going on. But federal law states that if they don't get back to the FFL in within three days, three business days, then the delayed becomes essentially becomes an approved. That when you, you go, you buy the gun, you pay the money, you fill out the form and everything else. If they say approved, you walk away with it. If they say denied, they refund your money and send you out the door. If they say delayed, then they say, okay, hold on to it. We'll know within the next however many days it is. Uh, with Three days. We'll know within the next three days. On that third day, after that third day, you can come in and pick up the firearm. That's federal law. In Oregon, they uh, had a new thing that basically said the, the third day, the three-day thing doesn't mean anything. If you're delayed, you are delayed until... The Oregon state of Oregon has completed their background checks, not just the NICS checks, but the Oregon background check, and you are delayed until they give you the approval, which, ooh, baby. Now, again, 
And then the third thing was there was a magazine capacity ban in Measure 114. So these three major things were going on. Um, the problem was they said that you had to have a permit to purchase, but they had no mechanism to create a they didn't there was no permitting process in this state of Oregon. There was no here's how you do it, here's how you apply, here's how you qualify. None of that stuff had been put together. And the law was set to go into effect 60 days after they after the referendum passed, 60 days after the passage and the election was certified, it was supposed to go into effect. But none of the underpinnings of this were anywhere to be seen, which effectively meant that if it went into effect on January the 1st, that Oregonians would be unable to purchase any firearms at all, period. Because there was no permitting system, and therefore nobody could legally purchase a firearm because nobody had a permit to purchase. And they did not have a background check thing where they could, you know, w- w- that would be ramped up. This this created an absolute gun-buying panic. Not panic, but a rush, I guess you would say. Um, and it, uh, in fact, at one point, uh, as of December the 14th, the state police were trying to process on that day, 38,000 background checks, and they were unable to complete most of those checks within 72 hours, the three day limit. That, I mean, that's, it was just insane. So. The lawsuits started. The lawsuits started going around. Lawsuits started flying. Um, Gun Owners of America, the Gun Owners Foundation, several individual gun owners and others basically went to court and said, we need to have this entire law placed on hold. One, while the constitutionality of it is is, is decided. Because there are some severe, especially in light of Bruin, the fact that you would need a permit to exercise a right a fundamental right from the Bill of Rights is in and of itself. I mean, I'm no constitutional scholar, but I mean, if you had to go fill out a permit to jump on Twitter and say whatever you wanted to say or on Facebook or stand in the town square and uh, and and view, air your views or call into a local radio show and air your views, you know, I'm sorry, uh, before we start, can I get your permit number? Right. If you it sounds ridiculous, but if if you had to do that, if you had to beg the state permission, that in and on just right on its face is blatantly unconstitutional. Secondly, of course, it also means that you can't just deny them because you as a government haven't got your poop in a group and haven't got the systems together for what you're proposing. So anyway, uh, the judge uh, in Harney County, his name is Robert Rashio, Rashio, Rashidio, Rashio. Um, he basically, uh, he basically granted a temporary restraining order, uh, halting, uh, the, not just the, uh, he said, first of all, he, he, uh, granted a restraining order on the magazine ban because that itself is also unconstitutional. That was his first, uh, crack at the egg, so to speak. Then, uh, just a couple of days ago, he, uh, went ahead and halted enforcement 
of the permit to purchase provision. And uh, and that that was that those two were kind of combined. And then on Tuesday, he had another chance to weigh in and once again sided with opponents of the measure, telling lawyers with the state attorney general's office that the portion of the law dealing with background checks on retail firearm sales is also on hold, at least for now. On December 23rd, he heard oral arguments from Oregon on a motion to allow the law's background check provision to take effect, even while the constitutionality of the measures one of Measure 114's other elements were decided by the courts. Uh, under the federal law, firearms dealers can sell guns without a complete background check if the check takes longer than three business days. That's a practice that Oregon's new law would end. In his opinion on Tuesday, Ratio said he would consider severing the background check provision of the law from the rest of the measure only if the permit to purchase element was ultimately found to be unconstitutional. He stressed that he has not made a final determination on the constitutionality of any of Measure 114's provisions. Uh, I mean, that's that's pretty good news. But again, there's still this rush for people, uh, 38,000 background checks in the backlog right now. Because people are like, I'm just not, this, no, no. Uh, he was not the only judge, by the way, who uh, has ruled against this. There was, uh, where was the uh, the comment? There was another judge who had also uh, ruled against, uh, uh, against a portion of the law. So, I mean, it looks like Measure 114, uh, maybe defanged, uh, maybe uh, slowly going away. Uh, the problem is uh, the it's slowly going away. It's a long way from being over, and they have a long way to go before gun owners in Oregon can be confident that they're not going to be subjected to any future infringements or current infringements on the right to keep and bear arms. But it is a it's I mean it's it's nice to see the courts exercising some common sense now. I mean, isn't that, well, we got the the two judges in California who keep voting, who keep ruling against the state of California over magazine bans, only to be overturned by the Ninth Circuit Court, by the way, an en banc panel, not just the Ninth Circuit Court, the, the, even the Ninth Circuit ruled that it was okay. And then they had a multi-judge en banc panel come on and overrule that judge. I mean, we're starting to see some movement here. Again, I think Bruin is going to be the gift that just keeps on giving and it also reminds me that we need to be eternally vigilant on what's happening uh, out there uh, in the firearms rights world uh, as well. All right, um, we got to uh, we got to go. Uh, we're going to be back in a moment. We'll continue our discussion. Uh, I think we'll talk about some armed citizen stuff. And I'm still looking for your calls on stories. I mean, I got this new story, the big clown is, again, my favorite new word. MSNBC guests beclown themselves on gun discussion. And, of course, the uh, media outlets are just as guilty of this as anything else. We're going to continue to talk about that and more, plus Armed Citizen. It's all directly ahead. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio.
We're broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the Internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, Whew. man, that was a bit of bloviation. Um, I don't want that. Okay. Um, uh, Daniel says, thank you, man. Uh, Daniel says that I appreciate your Willie Waffle segment. I personally don't keep up with the movie and TV happening, so Willie summarizing for me is fantastic. I know, me either. Like, I don't care about the Kardashians or the things that, you know, so it always gives me a little bit of insight into what's happening in the entertainment, you know, uh, things like that. Um, but, yeah, I just... I appreciate that. I it's my one of my favorite times of the week, and I'm going to keep doing it, even if it was just me and Willie and nobody else was listening or watching. I would still do it. I would. Uh, I would still do it. Uh, bumper stickers hashtag Do your damn job uh, or hashtag Follow the damn law or uh, the gre- hashtag the greed. Did I tell you that I've got the uh, that I had. Uh, um, one of our local artists here is a friend of Eskimo Libertarian. I, I commissioned her to do me a drawing of Natasha Von Imhoff. Did I show you that? I haven't put that together yet. I've got the graphic, though, and it's basically her gripping the podium with, like, nails that are like claws, screeching it, going, the greed. I thought that would make a great T-shirt. Uh, maybe it'd make a great sticker. I don't know. Maybe that's what we'll have to do. Maybe we'll do stickers. The greed. Um. <laughs> All right, so stickers seems to be a pretty seems to be a pretty uh, a good uh, a good demand for stickers. Ammo stickers and waddle bar stickers that you could stick on anything. Um. All right. Um. Uh, let's see. I actually came across an article that claimed, wait a second, this is Anthony. I actually came across an article that claimed that by buying bullets, you were promoting racism and child slavery since the brass and lead were sourced from other countries with no regulations. Slave bullets. Of course. Yeah, of course. Um, uh, okay. Uh, delayed means, oh man, I actually got to turn on this computer and do my job. Yeah, exactly. Oregonians, weren't those the lizard folks from Skyrim? Yes, they were at Oregonians, but you know, you're close. Skyrim was a fun game. Sandy played Skyrim? Well, I'm shocked. Shocked, I tell you. Skyrim was a fun game. I spent many hours in uh, in Skyrim. Um, uh, let's see. I see this week the first citizen concealed carry permit was approved in issue in Hawaii. Maybe a good start. Nice. Uh, hey, Diggs, what's happening out there on Twitch? Uh, just Daniel likes the "Just Say No to Federal Dough" T-shirt. That thing is, it's, it was awesome. I actually got a couple, I actually got a comment. I was walking through someplace with my jacket open and I had it on and somebody's like, damn, I like your shirt. 
Like, I know where you can get one. Uh, <laughs> I know where you can get one. Uh, and Brian says, yes, he wants the stickers so that he can stick them on the bollards at McDonald's. No, he didn't say he would, but, you know. <laughs> you go through the drive through and there's a Michael Duke Show sticker at the Starbucks thing. You guys are killing me. Uh, but I, you know what? I might, I might do that. Uh, we'll do the one with the, where the, the logo, the oval logo has the beard underneath of it. Do something like that. How about that? You need little ones. So you have little beard stickers, big ones. So you have big beard stickers. Um, and we'll do the, uh, and we'll do the, the t-shirts and the mugs too. Ah, man, it's all. It's all good. All good. Um, um, the, why is that shocking? Says Sandy. I also played Xena back in the day. Loved using the chakram. I, I don't know. I just, I don't, you know, Sandy, it just didn't, uh, it, I guess it's just one of the, you know, I don't know. I don't know why it was shocking to me. I don't know why, but awesome. Awesome. Fellow nerds unite. I've been playing video games since 1981, maybe 79. Because I think I was probably, I mean, I remember the first gaming console that we got. My dad actually brought one home because he was a manufacturer's rep and he got one as a sample or something. It was like, I mean, it was literally like Pong. That was the first video. Boink. Boink. You know, you had the little paddle, you twist the, the thing back and forth on the screen. I mean, I've been playing video games since then and loving it and loving it. So, uh, it's, uh, you know, I just figured that I'm weird here, you know, that probably most of the listeners of the show don't care <coughs> that a 53 year old man loves to play video games on the weekends to relax, but that's me. That's me. Here we go. Jumping back in. This whole thing took a weird turn during the commercial break. We all got talking about we all got talking about video games of all things uh, during that. Everybody's sounding off now on the first video game that they remember playing. I mean, I guess it's not unusual. I mean, this is a total sidebar from Firearms Friday. Um, but I mean, I you know, I've been playing video games since nineteen. It must be seventy nine. 78, 79. Because I remember my dad brought home the the first, uh, it was Pong, right? It was, uh, I don't remember the brand name. Bill says Telstar Pong. But remember it had the little, the little thing you held in your hand that had the knob. You'd twist back and forth and the slider on the screen would, you know, it was like a air hockey table almost on the screen and the thing would bounce back and forth. Um, uh, you know, they, anyway, we got talking about video games and, uh, probably would shock many of you to know that 
this dedicated radio commentator spends at least a couple hours every weekend playing his favorite video games to relax. I, just because it's fun. I enjoy it. Castle Wolfenstein. Uh, Castle, well, I mean, 3D. I remember when Castle Wolfenstein was, uh, I mean, I remember on playing it on Apple IIe, that, or Apple II Plus. Was it E? It was Plus before E? I can't remember. Back when it was on Apple, I remember playing that 2D version of top-down, 8-bit, Schweinhund, Schweinhund. Uh, Cap, you know, Castle Wolfenstein. That was some fun stuff. That was, it was, I've been a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a grandpa gamer from way back. Anyway, um, so much fun. So much fun. That and Oregon Trail. Remember playing Oregon Trail? Uh, I mean, that was back when it was basically just like a turn-based choose-your-own-adventure thing. You'd make a choice, and it would take you to another screen, and you'd make a choice, and it'd take you. And it, depending on which choices you made, whether you died or not on the uh, on the Oregon Trail, oh, man, that was a, that was a brutal game. Brutal, brutal game. Uh, all right, let me uh, – I'm sorry. Let me come back to where we were talking about here, uh, and that was firearms. It is Firearms Friday, after all. Although maybe we should do a show one day that just talks about the history of video games and where we all are now. You know, I get surprised sometimes. I was surprised because one of the folks in the chat room was talking about playing a video game. And I just didn't ever picture her as somebody who would be interested in that. You know, because some people treat, some people are so disdainful. Oh, video games. I just... I couldn't be bothered. Uh, and, you know, others are just kind of ambivalent to it. Uh, but sometimes I'm shocked at the people who are like, oh, yeah, I love to play Skyrim or Animal Crossing or uh, Mario Kart or whatever. You know, anyway, maybe we should do a show on that one day just for funsies, just for funsies. All right. Um, let's see. I think we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the armed Citizen, should we should we do that? Should we do some armed citizen stories? This is some good ones. I loved it. I used to remember when I would get the, what was it, the American Rifleman? That was the uh, uh, the American Rifleman is the you know one of the magazines you can get as an NRA member, and I used to get that uh, for many many years. And the first section I always turned to was a a, a, co- a a page or a section of the of the thing that they called the armed citizen because i i just i was always interested to see basically dgu defensive gun use in action right i always wanted to see that people who had exercised their rights and had been able to protect themselves and there was always three or four stories in every uh, issue of american rifleman that had you know and i'm sure it probably still does they probably still do uh, so it's what it was one of the things that I was always interested in reading, and um, but now you have the internet and you can see it every day and you can find it if you're willing, if you're willing to browse through the regional and local stories because the major press almost never covers good guy with a gun stories, defensive gun use stories. They almost never cover it. Almost the Greenville Mall shooting was the biggest anomaly, and that was up for what a day or two before the news media dropped it because it didn't fit their narrative. Anyway, uh, here's a good story a Florida man, you know, it's a good story when it starts with a Florida man. 
A Florida man is in jail and facing multiple charges after allegedly assaulting and shooting at two women outside of a bingo parlor in Escambia County before armed patrons were able to stop the attack. 38-year-old Lee David Wilkerson is staring down a litany of charges, including aggravated assault, possession of a weapon by a convicted felon, surprise, surprise, and trafficking amphetamine. But thankfully, he's not facing any murder charges in large part because of the swift action and quick thinking of two concealed carry holders who were at a bingo hall when Wilkerson allegedly attacked the women, according to WKRG in Florida. Deputies say they spoke with a victim who said Wilkerson had shot, had shot at her and a friend. The victim said she went to the business to get jumper cables for her mother who was playing bingo inside. She said she saw Wilkerson and another female standing outside of the business, according to the arrest report. The victim asked Wilkerson if they could go inside and tell the victim's mother her daughter was here to get jumper cables. And Wilkerson told her no. According to the arrest report, the victim and her friend began to walk inside to get her mother, at which time Wilkerson and the other female began acting strange. The victim said all the time the women started said at that time that the woman started attacking her. The victim said that it was when Wilkerson removed a small handgun from his right side, took the firearm, hit her on the left side of the head. One of the victims said Wilkerson then pointed the firearm at her and the other victim and began shooting towards them. According to the arrest reports, one of the victims ran inside the business and the other went back to her vehicle and left the business. Uh, according to the victim inside, she heard more shots being fired as she entered the business. Uh, entered the business. A witness told police that shortly after the victim ran inside the bingo parlor, Wilkerson walked through the doors of the parlor as well. That's when he was confronted dun, 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 by two individuals who had their lawfully carried firearms with them. They uh, held him at gunpoint until deputies arrived. They arrived at the business. They saw a white male wearing a gray jacket and blue jeans lying on the gr uh, floor with two unknown citizens holding him at gunpoint. Everybody started saying he's the one who was shooting. They detained Wilkerson and found a large baggie containing a crystallized rock substance and a fixed blade knife. They said that the crystallized rock substance tested positive for methamphetamines. So, I mean, this sounds like this could have easily turned into a nasty, nasty situation. A guy on meth, big fixed blade knife and a gun. And a whole baggie full of rock. I mean, you know, this it and they were able to stop this without a single shot being fired. That's a that's a pretty good that's a pretty good setup right there. All right, let's go over to the phones real quick here. Uh sorry for making you wait, caller. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, Michael, it's Travis from Furbanks. Hello, sir. What's on your mind? Well, I just wanted to, to backtrack here. You were talking a little bit ago about uh, if you get delayed, you know, the three-day wait. Um, it's not true for all places, even up here in Alaska. I know sportsmen will hold that firearm until they get an answer back from the NIC system. Well, that, that is, you are true on that. They have the ability, they can, the FFL can release the firearm to you after three days, but that is their choice at that, that, at that point. Uh, you're right. I should have made that more clear. Yeah, no, I mean, I just, I just was listening and heard it and, uh, figured I'd let other callers that are, or people that are listening, uh, know that. 
Yeah, which uh, quite honestly is why, I'll be honest with you, this is why I've never purchased a firearm from Sportsman. I bought firearms from a lot of different dealers and some box stores and everything else. I, I very rarely get delayed, but uh, if if I do, I didn't want to have to deal with that. Um, and uh, that's why, uh, you know, I, I recommend people develop a relationship with their local uh with their local FFL, and then you'll probably won't have to deal with stuff like that. Uh, hey, my friend, hold the line for just a yep, second. Um, don't go anywhere. Folks, we're going to go. We're going to be right back. we got hour two dead ahead. Willie Waffle at the end of the hour. Uh, when we come around the corner, we're going to talk a little bit about the talking heads on uh, news media uh, and what they're saying, and we're going to talk about the total media blackout on probably the most important and scariest story uh, revolving around the Second Amendment last year. We'll be back with more of The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. All right. Uh, I'm sorry. I wanted to hold on to your call because I I got, I was like a shiny, I was like a squirrel with a shiny object. I saw your call come in and I'm like, okay, I'll get to that when we come back from the break. And then they distracted me with the video game talk and I'm like, squirrel. So I just wanted, you, you were on hold for a long time for such a small little thing. I was just wondering if there was anything else on your mind uh, that you wanted to chat about today or anything. No, or that's fine. Just to let you know, you've been playing video games longer than I've been alive. But, uh, oh well, I was just gonna say. Now I was gonna ask you: Are you uh, are you a video gamer at all? A little bit, a lot, some? That the old like original NES. Yes, I, I I have one. I haven't plugged it in because the you got to have the old tube style TV in order to get like Duck Hunt and some of the games to work correctly oh because it doesn't don't work on the newer flat screen tvs it has to be a cathode ray tube yeah yep yep but uh no i was gonna you know i wanted to tell you about the the extra hold that sportsman's does and then also remember they just implemented that um under 21 automatic 10-day wait for purchases of long guns for anyone under the age of 21. Well, I find it ironic that a Canadian company, uh, because Sportsman's Warehouse is a Canadian, it's it's Canadian-owned company, that they're out there trying to sell guns and everything else, and they're going to do all this. I have never, ever purchased a firearm from Sportsman's. In fact, I, I bought a few things from there over the years, but I would, uh, I'd much rather go to uh, a local gun dealer to buy, uh, to buy, to buy my, uh, uh, my firearms and really to a local sporting goods store to buy most of my sporting goods up in Fairbanks frontier outfitters is my go-to place. If I need a gun, uh, you know, I want to buy a firearm and I'm in town there, I'll go to sportsman's or I'll go to uh, frontier outfitters. No problem. Uh, plus they've been a supporter of the show for 10 years. I think they've been sponsoring firearms Friday. So, uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I do a lot of shopping at Frontier and some of the other ones. Yep, yeah. I don't, I don't put all my, my eggs in one basket, especially with the price of the eggs right now. <laughs> oh, jeez, Louise, I know. When did when did five dozen eggs cost $20? What the actual hell is going on out there? So, <laughs> All right, well, hey, thank you for your call. I appreciate you uh, yeah. sounding off this morning. Yeah, have a good one, Michael. All right. Uh, 907-433-3150 uh, if you want to sound off. Let me go back over here to the uh, 
Let me go back over here to the chat room. Uh, Commander Keen. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, I remember Pong, says Jerrica. I remember my mom bringing home the first handheld Tetris game. She bought one that had Tetris and Snake on it. Oh, man. Tetris was... Dun, 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 dun. I could still hear the I could still hear the theme song to Tetris in my head. And yeah, the games that people are playing these days uh, is crazy. Harold says, I don't know if this is where do is that a true stat, Harold? I hadn't even seen that. The average age for Call of Duty is 47. I find that I cannot play most of those first person shooters anymore. Um I used to play them a lot when I was younger. Um, but you know, the reflexes and the eyesight aren't what they used to be. Um, let's see. Uh, it's hard to find good guy with a gun stories these days. Seems like the media goes to great lengths. Well, again, let's just go back to the Greenville mall shooting, right? I mean, that was a story guy was there to, the guy was there to shoot the mall up and kill a bunch of people. And, uh, this, I, and I've forgotten his name. I I'm sorry, but this, this Samaritan just stepped up and, you know, Mozambique drilled the guy to death, and uh, and the news media is like, well, the they just didn't even know what to do. It was in the news for like a day and a half, two days, and then it was gone. If the shooter had gone on to shoot up the rest of the mall, that would have been major news media coverage for a week. Crazy. Um. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, there was also a fun snowboarding game. Um, can't remember the name of it, but it was an EA game. I, you know, there's been so many different games that are just so much fun these days. I find myself, I played Cyberpunk 2077, which I enjoyed. It definitely had some bugs in it. Uh, but I am now, uh, I'm a, I'm a beta tester, alpha tester for, um, a game called Star Citizen, which is the brainchild of Chris Roberts. Now, anybody who's been into video games for years knows the name Chris Roberts. He's the guy that created... Uh, wing commander, freelancer, privateer, um, the, the the space games. I'm a I'm a science fiction nerd, right? So I, I love it. And this is an open world science fiction simulation, uh, and it's called Star Citizen, and it is amazing. It's buggy as hell right now. It's in alpha, but it is amazing. I love it so much. I'll spend. Well, I didn't get a chance to play it over my vacation as much as I wanted to, but I probably played it for probably 15 hours over the course of of uh, 12 days. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Um, uh, EA games are pretty cool. My dad used to play golf. I mean, World of Warcraft, right? I played World of Warcraft since the original vanilla first round of... I think I got my I think I got my 20 year little token from World of Warcraft for playing for 20 years. Oh man. Um our daughter has no interest in video games. Our one son is a gamer, the others are sometimes gamers but get bored with it. Yeah, and that's how it is for some kids. Some kids love it. Some kids are like, well, I like to game occasionally. And some kids are like, no, I'd rather go outside and or do this or I you know, whatever. I think it's great. I think it's fantastic. Three bears for guns, says Chris. That'd be the place to go. Three bears for guns. Um, all right, we got to. Uh, um, 
relationship with teachers of our kids, but with local gun peddlers, maybe not. <laughs> local gun peddlers? That's such a negative connotation. That's that's just crazy. All right, here we go. Buddy, put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. The Michael Duke Show. I have two guns, one for each of you. Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to my little friend! I say that the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. Michael Dinkshaw. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms. From my cold, dead hands. Friday. Firearms Friday. Firearms Friday here on the Michael Dukes Show, broadcasting live across the state of Alaska and this your favorite radio station and or FM translator. And around the world on the internet at MichaelDukeShow.com, where you'll find the audio-only live stream, plus links to Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch, all our social media streams where we simulcast the show, and, of course, links to the podcast, which are available each and every day for your downloading and listening pleasure. Hour two of the big radio program, it's gun Q&A all day, meaning we're taking questions, answers, topics, discussions on firearms at 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. If you would like to call in, we'd love to hear what you have to say. Feel free to give us a ring and uh, we'd... We'd love to hear from you and talk about whatever you want to talk about. I got some stories. Uh, I got one line on hold. We're going to go to the caller here in just a second, but let me tease the stories that I wanted to talk about. Number one, uh, this is the headline, and I love this thing. MSNBC beclowns themselves on gun disc Beclowns. Beclowns themselves. I'm adding that somewhere to some lexicon. I'm going to – they beclown themselves. Uh, on gun discussion. And so we're going to talk a little bit about how the news media has, uh, well, they have about zero clues on actual gun laws, rights, and, uh, you know, the, the 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 legal arguments on it. And I've been asking the callers today to call in. And if you've got a story about that, I'd love to hear, you know, if you were ever watching something and it just, it, it sticks in your mind. I have one story that uh, I'm going to talk about in regards to that. And then uh, there's a total media blackout on probably the scariest and most relevant Second Amendment story of 2022. It came out right uh, in the middle of December. Stephen Gutowski over at The Reload, who's one of those rare, honest journalists in uh, about firearms-related journalism, published some bombshell revelations about the CDC. We're going to talk about that later on the program as well. But first, let's go over to the phones and see what you have to say, since it is Q&A all day, and we'll start off right now. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? 
Good morning, Michael. This is Larry in uh, Fairbanks, North Pole. Well, hello, Larry in Fairbanks, North Pole. How are you, my friend? Oh, I'm uh, I'm plugging along. Good to hear it. Good to hear it. You're back. Yeah. You're back all healed up. Well, it'll take a while. All right. What's on your mind I, today? Uh, well, one of the guys at hunting camp bought a Ruger, three seventy five, three seventy five Ruger cartridge rifle. And he lives down in the Glen Allen Carver Center, and he went to the store down there and two hundred and thirty dollars for a box of ammo. <laughs> so he's uh, dumped on he's dumped on my shoulders. Can you uh, can you find any ammo or brass to reload and? So here I am looking for brass. So you're looking for brass for the yeah. 375 Ruger. Yeah. And uh I've called I've called all over the lower 48, can't seem to find any. And um yeah, at the last gun show I put out a sign and wanted it and I that had in a dies and I got about a half a box of brass and dies. And, um, yeah, would it be okay if I gave my phone number? If somebody out there got some of that they want to get rid of? Well, sure. If you want to do that, you can, uh, you could sure do it. Okay. Well, uh, my number is 907-322-0503. And, and, um, I, um, uh, yeah. Um, I'm I'm about ready to clock in at work, right? But uh, after after about five o'clock, if anybody wanted to call me and or on weekends, yeah, at that number, um, yeah, I'd uh, well, I will tell. Uh, appreciate. I will tell you, Larry, that I just uh, I just Googled it for you, and uh, you can get Hornady three seventy five Ruger brass. Uh, uh, they've got boxes of 50 available right now. Coastal firearms has got it for sale. They'll, they'll mail it to you, but I can tell you right now why it is, uh, well, $230 a box for ammo because 50 brass cartridge for 50 brass for uh 375 Ruger is $80 for 50 brass cartridges. <laughs> the cartridges are a bucket 30 well, a piece. I- I'm a computer literate, you know, but my one of my shooting buddies ordered two boxes from them a month and a half ago, and he put it on PayPal. Uh, and after uh, five weeks, uh, PayPal contacted my buddy and said, uh, "We think this is a scam." Oh. Uh, well, and uh, there's there's another one that was down in Texas that did the same thing. You know, they uh, they they would never answer their phone and uh, would only do it by um, computer, email, whatever you call all that stuff. I don't I don't do emails or nothing like that. I'm you know me, Mike. I'm computer literate. You're a luddite. You um, still you still have a flip phone, uh, Larry. It, it, I, know, I know you. You still well. Have- yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Larry, give me but, your uh, give, give your phone number one more uh, time before I let you go. Okay, 
0303. Evenings and weekends. While I was driving in to work, Travis was right about a sports and warehouse. And after after it went past five days, they made me fill out another uh, 4473 form. Oh, really? They made you fill out a second form after? Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Again, this is why I would never purchase a firearm from a sportsman. Sorry. That's just that's just how it is. Well, All right. this, is, this is one I got through the Friends of NRA, Jenner Austin, and um, yeah, it irritated me because I ended up having to go over it three different times before I could get that pistol. Wow. Yeah. Well, thanks, Larry. Hopefully folks get a hold of you. Uh, weekends and uh, evenings and weekends only give Larry a call if you've got any 375 Ruger brass or cartridges. Uh, thank you, Larry. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, yeah. 230 bucks for a box of shells, and it's no wonder. $80 for 50 brass. <laughs> $80. Whew. You know, I guess this is this is a learning moment, ladies and gentlemen. Maybe we should use this as a teaching moment here on Firearms Friday. Because I had a similar uh I had a similar um uh uh situation happen to me. A friend at work uh, you know, knew that I was the firearms guy and everything, and he and he came to me. Unfortunately, he came to me after he had purchased the firearm, and he came to me and he's like, "Man, I really, uh, I'm I'm trying to find some ammo for this pistol that I bought. I only got one box of shells when I bought it, and now I can't, I can't find it anywhere. And, and if I do find it, it and of course it was a forty Smith and Wesson, uh, and this was I don't know, this is probably ten, twelve years ago." When uh, when uh, the uh, Obama administration had put the boots to the ammo industry and the federal government had issued a 700 million round contract for 40 Smith and Wesson for their uh, for the various services that were using it as a service weapon. And you could not find 40 Smith and Wesson for love or money. I mean, it was just it was impossible. And uh, and I said, well, why did you you know, why did you? Why didn't you consider that before you purchased the gun? This is why I don't have any Wildcat cartridges. I don't have firearms that use Wildcat car- I mean, I mean, 40 Smith & Wesson is not a Wildcat cartridge. But I use, I have pistols that are very, in the most common, the most common calibers, right? 357, 9 millimeter, 45. I don't get into the, uh, you know, the 41 Webley, the... The uh, the fifty uh, AE. I don't get into the rifle cartridges like the three seventy five uh, uh, Ruger or Wheeland or uh, you know even Blackout and uh, and you know the 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 uh, Grendel and some of these other you know more odd cartridges because it seems like the supply line issues for you know we're talking about supply line issues post COVID right. That's been a huge deal. The supply line issues for everything. We were just somebody just made a comment about eggs, you know, and and a five dozen egg pack went from nine dollars. It's almost twenty dollars for a five dozen egg pack. We eat a lot of eggs in my house, so we're seeing supply chain issues. But this is nothing new to people who've been, you know, trying to get ammunition. Uh, I mean, like twenty two long rifle it used to be seven dollars, eight dollars a brick of five hundred. Now you'd be lucky to be able to find a brick of three hundred for you know, two or three times that. Uh, so this, you know, we are no strangers to ammunition shortages and supply line issues in the firearms world. 
So I guess here's my piece of advice to you. Before you buy that next gee whiz hunting rifle or pistol that you read about that sounded great and everything else. I mean, and on paper, by the way, the 375 Ruger sounds like a great cartridge. It's a standard length rifle cartridge designed for hunting. It's designed to provide an increase in performance over the 375 H&H cartridge, yet chambered in a standard length action rifle. Right? So that sounds like a good deal. If you can get it for $280 a box of a 50, right? If you can get it. Uh, or maybe not even 50, probably, uh, what are they, probably 25 for, I haven't bought rifle rounds for hunting rifle rounds for a long time, but, uh, you know, it, it's insane. So don't go out and buy the next G-Wiz pistol in some kind of weird cartridge or one, at least check the ammo prices. Like I, you know, go check what the price is on 40 Smith & Wesson before you go buy that new 40 Smith & Wesson. Go check out the price on 10 millimeter ammunition before you go buy the next, uh, you know, Daytona 10 or the next Glock 10 millimeter, you know, check the prices on those things. Uh, that's part of kind of the due diligence and the research you should be doing before you purchase the firearm. Because if you can't get ammo, you won't go practice. If you can't get ammo, you can't get accessories for some of these, you know, more exotic, you know, calibers or these more exotic firearms. You won't go practice. You won't become proficient. You won't be used to it. So it's something to think about. I'm glad Larry called in with that because it's something that, and it's something that a lot of folks don't think about. They love that. I mean, they, you know, oh, I want to buy this, you know, again, this 375 Ruger. No, I mean, nothing wrong with it if you can get ammo. But I mean, if, if sighting in your rifle costs you 25 or 30 or $40 just to sight in the rifle with a handful of rounds, maybe you should be rethinking what you're doing there. I mean, Let's face it. I remember when we were I was growing up and my dad would complain about the 300 Weatherby, uh, you know, 300 Weatherby rounds being more expensive, uh, you know, uh, than the 30-06. I mean, that was back in the day. I don't even know what 300 Weatherby's going for now, but it was always more expensive. Those cartridges are always going to get you. All right, let's um uh, I want to get to these stories, but let's go to the phones real quick before we do that. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Michael. This is Patrick in North Pole. Hey, Patrick. This morning. Good, sir. What's on your mind? Question for you on concealed carry. Okay. And, oh, okay. Um, I'm wondering, you've got an echo coming back to me, but I'm wondering, is um, 357 or this new, it's called a Smith & Wesson Shield Plus, but they don't make that in a lefty. Do they usually come out with that in a lefty or... I don't know. Uh, there have been in the past. Smith and Wesson has done uh, some variants that are lefty variants, but I uh, am not sure, quite honestly, of the Shield Plus. Uh, it's M and P. Is it's M and P Shield, right? That's correct. Yeah, let me see real quick. Um, uh, they apparently don't make a, uh, they don't make a left-handed variant and it's not ambidextrous. Um, and, uh, the M, the M and P, they do offer an optional ambidextrous safety, but, um, you have to order that separately. Um, and so you've got to, uh, um, you, you would have to do that you know, you'd have to either buy the ambidextrous safety or figure out how to manipulate it with your basically your trigger finger, I guess. 
okay. Well, that can't answer. That's dead in the water then, so I have to look for something else. Well, again, you can get the optional ambidextrous thumb safety uh, and try that, but... Uh, uh, you know, and then you then you'd be good for the left-handed use, but it's up to you. Okay, well, the, but the, but the grip and things is still, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the grip itself is. I mean, the grip is ambidextrous. I mean, the grip is. It's not that different from the left and the right hand. You know, from left, it's not grooved for specifically for a right-handed use, from what I can see here. Uh, the only difference between left and right-handed operation would be you'd need that ambidextrous safety installed so that you could have the safety on the correct side of the firearm for your thumb to uh, deactivate it. Well, I appreciate that. Otherwise, I could just look at a lighter weight 357 and have it, you know. Yeah. Well, I recommend you go down and pick one up and feel it and, you know, go to a store that has one and, and feel it and hold it and look at it and see what it costs to get the ambidextrous safety and do all that stuff as well, Patrick. Go go off and enjoy, uh, you know, a little window shopping, as it were. Uh, Patrick, thanks for uh, thanks for coming in and uh, and joining us uh, today. We got to go. We got one final segment coming up. The Michael Duke Show continues. It is your home for common sense, liberty based. Free thinking radio, gun QA all day. We got one final segment. We're going to jump into this story about the CDC. We may have to forego our news media coverage story because uh, we got Willie Waffle coming up. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Whew, man, got all over the place here. Uh, let me see. I'm scrolling backwards here. Where were we? Where were we? Greg says, check out the bullet farm in Soldatna. Great gun shop. I haven't been there yet. Tell him he needs to sponsor Firearms Friday down there on the peninsula, Greg. Sandy says she can hardly wait to see the Natasha t-shirt. Have I did I show you guys the graphics from that? Uh art uh by uh let's see Carla. Um here we go. Um boom right there. Okay, so this is the oh god, I love this. Uh this is the oops, sorry. Well that's the that's the new studio. I'll let you guys I'll let you guys look at the new uh let you guys look at the new uh the new studio here. Um which where do I need to go with this? Uh desktop source. There we go. Um here we go. This is the uh this is the artwork for <laughs> this would be the artwork for the t-shirt and I would fix this so that the greed would be like a big bubble or something with some funky letters. I mean that is the Volmhof, Volmhof, Natasha, Volmhof. <laughs> oh man, I love that. I love that. That's right. So it would just be the greed. Um. So anyway, that's uh, that's what that's what the graphic looks like. For those of you who are wondering what the graphic looks like, that would be the fun stuff. 
Uh, okay. Um, oh, scrolling through here. Uh, Rick, kids were never into games, had had the stuff, just sat around collecting dust. Where's Fred? Hashtag where's Fred? Where's Fred from Rhode Island? Yep. Um, Crash Bandicoot. Somebody just mentioned Crash Bandicoot. Pig pile, that number. Um, 375 Ruger is a beast. Lots of recoil. Yeah, I mean, you're you're putting it into a regular action rifle instead of a long action rifle. And it's got the same power as a 375. I mean, that would sound, that just sounds unpleasant. It sounds unpleasant. Um, ammo costs more than the guns do. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um gas will cost more than the car next <laughs> uh not to mention that 375 is about 80 grains of powder you'll eat up the powder real fast oh heck yeah um um let's see uh, uh let's see uh, pay a friend paid $12 last night at three bears for a dozen eggs. Well, that's good that you can find him. Fred Myers in Wasilla has been out of eggs for uh, like a week. There's like no egg. They have a sign on their, the glass that says due to the national egg shortage, we're out of eggs. Sorry. I mean, it's just crazy. Um, Greg says he bench rested a 375 Ruger and two rounds made his eye water. He had to call it a day after that. Oh my, I mean, that's just that again, that just sounds unpleasant. Why would you, and you had to pay and you had to pay 10 bucks a round or whatever it is for those things. Why in the world? Dang. Uh, Jim says he, this is exactly, he bought a Ruger PC nine carbine instead of a Henry big boy. Because of the availability of 9mm versus uh, 44 Magnum. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, uh, let's see. I like my 1911s best, said Greg. Yeah, me too. Um, let's see. Uh, is that a single screen at the bottom of the picture? Oh, you mean in the thing? Yeah. That's a, that's a, whoa, baby, let me turn that off. Yeah, that's a single ultra wide screen there at the very bottom. It's a but it's you can split it. You can put multiple windows inside of it. Uh, so yeah, it's that what you're looking at there is actually there's actually between the big screen in the back and the screen little screen for the camera and the two screens up top. That's actually six screens. But there you go. Here we go. Okay, so that was the first time in 2023 that I forgot to turn the timer off. <laughs> It'll happen again. It just means that we're ready to fight now, right? Now we're ready to fight. All right. Um, uh, we're, one final segment here before we run into Willy Waffle. Um, and I don't think we'll have time to get into the beclowning uh, the themselves. We'll, have to, we'll save that one for next week because that's an evergreen story. That, that'll be relevant at any time. But again, just remember the clown. That's my f- new favorite word. Uh, if you, I, 
me suspect that thou hast doth beclowned thyself. Uh, all right, let's talk about this uh, story, though. This is the the scariest Second Amendment story of 2022. Uh, Stephen Gutowski over at the Reload uh, is probably one of the most honest uh, journalists when it comes to firearms-related stories. And two weeks ago, he published a bombshell over at the Reload. And I'm going to post a link to that in the chat room for those people who are out there or want to catch it or whatever. Uh, go over to uh, go over to the Reload and uh, take a look at this story. Published on December the 15th. And the, e- the story's headline reads, Emails show that the CDC removed... Defensive gun use stats after gun control advocates pressured officials in a private meeting, private and unrecorded, I might say, meeting when it's all said. And I mean, this is this is some spooky stuff, folks. Uh, Gun control advocates know that the one weakness in a lot of their arguments is DGUs, defensive gun uses. Because they make selling the idea of gun control harder because the use of good guys with a gun to stop bad people with guns or without guns is the one huge glaring flaw. I mean, there's many flaws, but it is the largest glaring flaw in any gun control argument. And uh, they want to basically eliminate that whole problem that thorn in their side they don't they don't want to they don't want uh, defensive gun uses to be out there so uh, a lot of the gun control advocates they mounted a months-long pressure campaign using influence from a democratic senator of the white house and then they met privately with cdc officials to get higher end dgu statistics removed from the cdc's website Beth Remmels, Associate Director for Policy, Partnership, and Strategic Communications at the CDC's Division of Violence Prevention, said in one email to the three advocates on December the 10th, quote, they they actually called them partners, we will also make some edits to the content we discussed that I think that will address the concerns you and other partners have raised. The CDC is calling gun control advocates Partners. Now, imagine if that was the NRA or the GOA or the SAF or or the FPC, the firearms. Imagine they were the ones that were having meetings. Do you think the CDC would call them partners? While conspiring with gun control advocates behind closed doors, the CDC at the same time did not bother reaching out to the researcher, Gary Gleck, who is a very well-known researcher, whose higher-end DGU estimates they were yanking from the CDC website. Kleck, professor, professor emeritus at Florida State University's College of Criminology and Criminal Justice, stood by his research. He said the CDC did not reach out to him for his perspective before making the change. He argued that the removal of the reference to his DGU estimate was, quote, blatant censorship, unquote and said it was evidence of the politicization of the agency. And as I mentioned earlier, these meetings between their partners, the gun control crowd, and the CDCs, were not even recorded. 
The three advocates met with CDC Acting Principal Deputy Director Deb Howry, Associate Director of Science for the Division of Violence Prevention Tom Simmon, and Associate Director of Policy Partnerships and Strategic Communications Beth Remels. The half-hour meeting was conducted over Microsoft Teams, but a transcript of the call either wasn't kept or wasn't turned over as part of the FOIA request. The CDC did not respond to questions about what was said during the meeting. And some of the FOIA emails also show officials setting up plans to talk about potential changes, quote-unquote, offline. Additionally, 18 of the 131 pages released by the CDC were completely redacted. The CDC also attempted to redact Mercy's comments about the, the tie between GVA and the gun control group, but it only applied the redaction to one of the several copies of the exchanges that was included in the release. Oops. What the CDC is doing is censorship, but there's more than censorship going on here. And that is the fact it's the censorship from the CDC. And then there's the complicity from the media. There's been a total. Have you heard about this story? Probably not. The only coverage from a large media organization came from Fox News when they reported on the collusion between the CDC and the gun control advocates. And there was a follow-up story on some uh, for some of the Republicans on Fox News. Some of the Republicans in Congress are demanding that the CDC reinstate the statistics on the uh, on the website. And there's been a, a minor story in Daily Caller and Real Clear Politics, but pretty much that's it. Now remember, this is not the first time the CDC has done this stuff before, right? This has been going on for years. This is the scariest story in 2022 for gun owners because it shows you the unmitigated power of the bureaucracy. How they can collude with special interests, in this case, the gun lobby. In the case of the COVID stuff, right, it was the Twitter people and the folks at the FBI and the NIH and everything else having these secret meetings and emails back and forth. All the stuff, the data dump that Musk has put out on the Internet now, you could see where all these backdoor deals are going on. And this is what's happening. When they can't attack your rights legally through the system and through government, they will do it another way. That's what it's all about. That's, that's the whole thing right there. This story is amazing. And what's even more amazing is that it has received so little coverage. When this should be the biggest news story. Could you imagine if it had been the NRA meeting with the CDC? You imagine what the what the news coverage would have been from MSNBC and CNN and and all the big major three-letter age. I mean, could you imagine what that would all be like? They they would be losing their minds. It would be wall-to-wall -wall coverage. It would be the scandal of the century. But no, since it was a gun control group which fits into their narrative, that's okay. Oh, God. All right. 
we got to go. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Radio. What is that? Common Sense. Regularly heard on American Radio. Okay, uh, welcome back to the program. Um, sorry, I'm just going back up here. I'm still stuck on. I, I'm still stuck on Harold's comment about uh, you should get to know you should get to know your your children's teacher, not your arms peddler. Why is it mutually exclusive? Why? I mean, you can do both. You know, we can multitask, right? We're we're pretty smart humans. We probably could get to know our, our 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 kids' teachers, and we could probably get to know the local gun peddler. We probably could get that done. Um, bet you don't need heat in that room with all the screens. You know, it's actually uh the the, the all these newer screens they don't generate a lot of heat. These are not the old cathode ray tubes. These are all big. Uh, uh do it, but I mean, it's uh. It's definitely it's definitely uh, a whole different deal. You'll see me looking up a lot now because there's those two screens up top. I've got a lot of. I used to squeeze all these onto just two screens side by side. <laughs> I mean, I just it was a fun stuff. Um, let me see here. Uh, uh, uh where's Willie? Um. Since when did the CDC wield so much power over the citizenry? The CDC has been doing this for years, for years. Uh, the last time they did this to Gary Kleck, it was 2018. They did something like that. Um, uh, I'm going through here. Uh, if they keep screwing around, they're going to start a civil war. Um, what if they are the, the big bed will fit it through the woods and over the off the ground? Okay. That's it. I'm all caught up. Holy cow. Caught up with all the all the comments for today. So uh yeah, you you guys should um you guys should enjoy it. Uh I'm getting ready to I can't I'm I'm excited to talk to Willie here in a few minutes because uh <laughs> man, did I watch some TV over the holidays. I I will not lie, I watched a lot more than I anticipated. I watched all of um I watched everything that was available for Yellowstone, so all the newest episodes of Yellowstone. Then I watched Tulsa King, which is the new Sylvester Stallone um, show that's written and produced by the guy who does Yellowstone. This guy's getting uh, Taylor Sheridan. The guy is he is he is on top of it, man. He's got a lot of stuff going on. So I watched all of that as well. That was amazing. Um, what else did we watch? We finished the boys. That was wild um oh what was the other thing oh i watched all of jack ryan i I talked about that a little bit watched all of jack ryan and um now i'm just kind of looking for something uh now i'm just kind of looking waiting for something new so uh i started um i'm going to talk to willie about this but i started the new yellowstone 1923 with harrison ford and um Oh, her name just Helen Mirren. Helen Mirren. Uh, and that is wow. I mean, just unbelievable. 
So uh, it's one of those, it's just one of those enjoyable things. Um, and what I love about TV is that, you know, I'm working all day, thinking, trying to do, create, doing all this stuff. And with TV, I can just kind of, well, it's that, you know, the actual, when you look at the root of words, right? It's amusement. And what is amusement? What is amusement? Well, amusement is, uh, muse is to think. And the A is the, 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 you know, the, the prescriptive A at the beginning of immunes means the opposite of. So not to think, amuse. I'm not thinking. That's kind of when I'm watching these shows, I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of relaxing and not thinking and enjoying the story. And I love that. I know some people don't like television. That's okay. You know, uh, that's, that's okay. That's, that's fine. I enjoy it. Some people don't enjoy video games. I enjoy it. Some people don't enjoy audiobooks or reading or what. I enjoy it. Those are the things that take me out to where I want to be and, and relax me and recharge my brain. That's, that's what I love. Uh, 1923 is fantastic so far. Absolutely fantastic, Bill. I was really pissed when I discovered that there was only three episodes. Because you know me, I don't normally jump into something unless all the episodes are dead because I, I just can't stand it. If I want to stay up late and watch something else, I should. I, why did I mash the right button? Got the mash button. I see KFAR has joined us early here, folks, uh, during the commercial break there. KFAR went to break uh, or came back from break a little early. That's fine. I, I, I was trying to answer the phone call from Willie, and I mashed the wrong button. So Willie is now on hold, ready to go do it. We're about uh, 20 seconds out, uh, and we're going to continue here. Let's try that again here in just a second, shall we? Uh, thanks for uh, coming in for Firearms Friday. Let's like. Let's lighten things up a little bit, shall we? Let's get back into it. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Now we can do Willy Waffle. Oh, the weekend. Oh, yes, baby. The weekend. And uh, nothing is better than starting your weekend off than with a little bit of waffle. I like mine with maple syrup, although I don't know what the girls say. Oh, Willie, what about you? How do... <laughs> that just got really I'll... weird. I mean, that just got really weird for a minute. I apologize, bro. I apologize. You know, if there's one thing I've learned in my life, it's all the ladies like a little bite of the waffle. That's right. Hey, you know, there you go. Little butter, little syrup. It's all, it's a weekend. Um, all right, my friend. So, uh, well, I guess first and foremost, uh, just to uh, put too fine a point on it, but how was your holiday, baby? How, how did you do? How did you do without me for all that time? I was lost in the wilderness. I was directionless. I was pointless. I had no idea what to do. And then my phone rang this evening, and I was like, yes, let's talk about tomorrow's show. Let's plan tomorrow's show. <laughs> Man, you know what? I love nothing I'd love better than bugging Willie late at night for like, hey, what are we doing tomorrow? Let's go, you know? 
hey, what movie? What movies are coming out tomorrow? Yeah, exactly, because I mean, I don't know, you know. But uh, you know, that's my the bane of my. And then, of course, I forget what the time difference is in Alaska. So Willie's like, "It's midnight. Why are you calling me?" I don't know, man. I just thought, you know. Uh, anyway, uh, Willie Waffle, wafflemovies.com. Uh, we got the weekend movie review. It's Happy New Year to everyone. Uh, I guess we'll start with the uh, the next James Bond. I was yes. I was like, well, I thought Idris Elba was going to be the next James Bond, but that apparently fell all apart. And now they got this new guy who I didn't really realize that I knew until I started looking up his name. And then I was like, OK, uh, why? I don't know. Anyway, hit me with it. Yeah. So, you know, Idris Elba was considered a front runner at one time. But, you know, over the past like six months, there's been talk that maybe he'll be the villain rather than James Bond, because it appears Barbara Bercoli, the producer of uh, James Bond movies, has found maybe, possibly, her next James Bond, and he will be Aaron Taylor Johnson? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. First of all, let's talk <laughs> about this Barbara Bercoli. It's Barbara Broccoli. I mean, right, come on, it's broccoli. I mean, it, it, <laughs> I know. Broccoli. I was just like, what's your name? My name is Bouquet, but it's spelled Bucket. I don't know. It's, it's Bouquet. <laughs> we pronounce it Bouquet. Uh, anyway... Yeah, so Aaron Taylor Johnson, and I was like, who the hell is Aaron? I mean, what? Then I realized, oh, he's qu he, the only thing I really recognize him from is from Age of Ultron. He was Quicksilver, the Scarlet Witch's brother, right? That got killed in the movie. Yes. I mean, spoilers if yes. you haven't seen Age of Ultron yet. Yeah, yeah, but, ooh, ooh. yeah. well, you know, it came out like 10 years ago. Exactly. I mean, you know, but, and, and I'm like, okay. I mean, I enjoyed him. It seemed like a decent actor. I don't know if I've seen him in everything else, but what? He, well, he's done a lot of other other movies. He he was Kickass in the Kickass movies. That's if true. If you remember those, yep. Uh, he was John Lennon in Nowhere Boy, and uh, if you if you watched uh, Bullet Train with Brad Pitt this year, he was kind of that main nemesis uh, in the movie. So right. he's done a lot of stuff, and, and supposedly that's what's attracted uh, the the producers to him because you know here he is this guy who you know has some experience with action films he has some experience with drama films he's he's english and uh they gave him a a little bit of a test they had him do an audition if this is true i want all the tapes allegedly when they think that you have a good chance of being james bond they have you do the legendary opening walk. You know, the one where you walk across the stage and then point your gun at the screen and shoot? Yeah, they yeah. said he did that. And then the barrel cool. the barrel comes down and becomes the yes. spotlight yep. and everything, you know? Yep. Hey, I just want to audition for the movie. I know you'll never consider me, but I just want that take of myself doing the James Bond thing. I mean, is it... Um, so, I mean, this is a complete reboot, right? I mean, this is what we're expecting now is that a new James Bond will take over after however many movies... Just like, you know, Sean Connery and then on to Pierce Brosnan and then Dead Zone for a long time, then Daniel Craig. Uh, and so this will be a complete reboot in the same universe. None of the other stories matter. It's just go, go, go. You know, probably and most likely. And and I'd say 99%. But there was this idea that was being floated around at one time that you could keep some of the other cast. You know, you could keep Ray Fiennes as M and you could keep oh, some yeah. of these other people around and say that, he is now taking over the uh, the 007 license or taking over the 007 role, and that person 
their code name is always going to be James Bond. Sure, why not? I mean, because, you know, you love, I mean, I, I don't know. I like Judy Dench. Ralph Finez was good. Uh, I like the guy that they had playing Q. Many Penny is kind of, you know, I mean, yeah, you could keep, yeah. some, or you could just blow the whole thing up and start again, I guess. I I, I don't know. I, I suspect they blow the whole thing up. You know, every Bond has his own universe. Every Bond has his own world. And, and you know, the closest they ever came to kind of blowing that up uh, believe it or not, a few years ago when they did the 25th uh, Bond film, and, and the name is escaping me right now, I'm very disappointed in that, but it was the one where, uh, where, where um, you know, he was gone off to the, uh, to the estate uh, to protect Skyfall. Uh, to protect yes, them. Skyfall. Skyfall, yeah. yes. And there was allegedly a scene that was written that Skyfall, the lodge, was really a retirement home for James Bonds and Timothy oh. Dalton would be there and Roger Moore would be there and they would help him fight off the bad guys. Now that could have been cool. Man, could you imagine? Because who is who's alive? So Timothy Dalton, Sean Connery, Pierce Brosnan, Roger Moore—they were all alive when Skyfall. Yeah, was, yeah. That would have been a hell of oh. it. That would have been a hell of a movie. All right, uh, somebody that might have been cool. You know, a couple of the other names that I wouldn't be mad about. Um, would have been Tom Hardy. Ooh, man. He allegedly was in the running pretty heavy. Henry, Henry Cavill was in the running yes. pretty heavily. Uh, you know, th there are a lot of guys who are out there. So, you know, I, I think they're kind of floating it, but I'll be honest with you at this point, if they're floating this name, this hard and revealing details like this, either somebody's completely lying or they're testing the waters. It yeah. reminds me. So this is, this is, this is Willie going into the Wayback machine and telling you old timey stories. So back when Daniel Craig was up for being James Bond, I had a little bit of a run in with him. Oh yeah, really? So, yes, <laughs> yes. So he was he was starring in a movie that was being made in Washington D.C. with Nicole Kidman, and uh, they had a big press event up on the uh, up on the roof of the hotel that was overlooking the White House, and uh, we all got one question. And believe it or not, I did not get the first question, nor did I get the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth. You can see where this is going. Yeah, yeah. So basically, all questions for Nicole Kidman have run out. But I'm sitting there going, I'm going to make some news. And when it was my turn, I looked at Daniel Craig and I said, Daniel, are you willing to comment on the fact that, or are you willing to comment on stories that say you are about to be named the next James Bond? And it took all the courage in me to do this, right? <laughs> and he just looks at me and he's wearing these dark sunglasses and he just purses his lips in anger and he goes, no. And then a week later, they named him James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> Willie, oh, the he's the rebel. I was so close, so close. <laughs> All right, well, I guess we'll shut up about James Bond. We burned up a bunch of time on this, but uh, it's uh, it's. I'll be excited to see what I I love me a good Bond movie. Who doesn't? Um. Oh yeah, they're great. Yeah. I love them. Uh, Hawkeye. Speaking of, we were talking about uh, Age of oh, Ultron and all that. Yeah. So Jeremy Renner, the guy who plays Hawkeye in the Avenger movies. Um, was critically injured in a, of all yes. things, a snowplow accident. Tell me about this. Yeah, so you know, um, he he has a lot of land out in the uh, the Lake Tahoe area, out near Reno, and uh, him and his team have like these industrial plows to like clear roads and paths that are on the land. And and one of his relatives had gotten stuck in a snowstorm over the weekend, and he went out to help him, and he got out of the plow. 
and somehow it ran him over. Oh man! And he he had severe injuries. They said the loss of blood was was almost catastrophic. He they got a, a medevac helicopter out there, flew him to the nearest hospital, and he has survived. Wow! Uh, now there's no talk about what recovery he's going to need or you know let's be obvious let's talk about the obvious nobody's talking about whether or not he is paralyzed or has lost a leg or anything like that right right um but he, he has he has been putting out pictures on instagram from kind of the chest up uh thanking people for their support and and, and their and their help and that's wonderful and you know i hope the guy's a hundred percent fine and you know he's able to make it through but these things are big. If you've ever seen the pictures of the stuff that he has on his property, they've been floating around, uh, you know, on the internet. As people have been talking about this this incident, I'm I'm shocked he's been able to survive. Wow. I, I mean, you know, so, something something was looking over him that day. Yeah. Well, of course, this reminds me personally of Anton Yelton, uh, the guy who played Chekhov yeah. in the Star Wars movies and played Odd Thomas. Uh, same kind of thing. He got out of his Jeep Cherokee to check the mail, and he had a big stone gate post next to his gate, and the Jeep popped into gear and ran him over and, and slammed him up against the pole and killed him. And, you know, so it's those yeah. freak, I mean, it happens all the time. Freak accidents happen to people all the time, but when they're people that are in the spotlight and stuff, it definitely makes it weirder. And, and uh, uh, anyway, uh, so our, our, you know, all thoughts and prayers go out to, to Jeremy, uh, Jeremy Renner. Um, we look, we've got four minutes here, so I'm going to go in here okay. and I'm going to talk about the one thing I know my wife is going to kill me if I don't talk to you about it because she's been bugging me about it for the last three days. Tell me about Megan. Oh, God. This is the most fun movie of the year so far. Okay. It, it is campy. It is crazy. It is over the top. It is ridiculous. And it is going to make you laugh, even though it's not technically a comedy. So, yes, this is the one where a toy company engineer played by Allison Williams has invented a lifelike doll that, uh, that is supposed to be like a toy that you can buy and it will become your, your child's companion. And the company's not all that hot on it. So she takes it home and she has it bond with her niece. And she tells the doll, you need to protect my niece. And the doll starts to take it very, very seriously. Nobody, and it goes all psycho. N nobody read the doll. The three Asimov's rules for robots, right? That's I mean, right. Yeah. None of them whatsoever. Yeah, just like I saw one of the trailers, and I'm like, "Ooh, creepy!" Oh, ooh, but it's got some dark humor laughs in it. Exactly, and that's what makes it work. I mean, it it, it is such dark humor. I just you know they they did this really amazing thing. So they have a real actor, a real lady, Amy Donald, uh, who is who is playing the doll, and then they use a lot of computer graphics to make her look more like a a doll or a toy, and some digital effects on how she moves. But they give her all just the tardest lines. Like she is the meanest of mean girls. Okay, and so <laughs> you 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 see her just like demolishing anybody who breaks this. Little niece's heart, including the big bully. I mean, you know, it just, it really just goes way out on a ledge. And you know what? It's so crazy. It works. I'm going two and a half waffles. I think it's hilarious. All right. Well, I'm looking at it. Two and a half waffles for Megan uh, in theaters right now, uh, which is going to lead me over to the pale blue eye. Uh, only because, one, I love Edgar Allan Poe and I love. Christian Bale. So give me the rundown here quickly. Yeah, so this is a Netflix movie premieres today and it's it's Christian Bale set in like the 1830s. There's been a murder at West Point. He is an old detective who lives in the area who's asked to help solve the crime and he gets the assistance of a young cadet 
known as Edgar Allan Poe, played by Harry Melling. And, you know, it's a movie that I think they should have focused more on the mystery. I feel it's very slow moving. The pacing is very, very slow. And it's, I think, overly focused on character building. I mean, I want to know more about the characters, but, you know, I really want to see more clues. I want to see more mystery. I want to see that mystery moving forward. And, and you know, yeah, I want you to flesh out the background materials, but I, I just feel like, they missed the big the big part of the movie, which is mystery. Uh, and then what really upsets me, and, and I hate this, and I hate to say it, but you know I hate these movies that are always trying to give me one too many twists uh-huh. in order to like you know prove that they threw you off. Well, this movie is one of the biggest offenders of that of all time. Oh man. Okay. Well, that's too bad because, like I said, I like me some Edgar Allan Poe, and I love Christian Bale. So. Uh, negative one to four waffles. Where are we sitting? I'm at one and a half waffles. I think oh. Bale's very, very good. Oh. Yeah, I, I like Christian Bale. I mean, you know, the haunted, uh, the haunted detective. He's got a past that we learn about. You know, we can understand why he's such a, you know, a, just an angry kind of guy. And then, then Melling is trying his best to play Poe as kind of a weirdo, which is what you need. Okay? Right, right, but, right. You know, I, yeah, I already know who Edgar Allan Poe is. I don't need anymore. Right, right. <laughs> Well, that's uh, that's okay. All right, so I guess I'm going to have to go see Megan in the theaters, uh, and we'll check it out. Willie Waffle, WaffleMovies.com. Thank you, my friend. Good to talk with you. Hey, we'll talk to you next week. We got a Tom Hanks movie next Ooh, week. Ooh, folks, we're out of time. We'll see you on Monday. All right. So did that help? Did I give you the chime? Was that was that good? Yeah, enough I you? totally okay. heard. Okay. I, well, I didn't quite so much hear the chime, but I heard the music. I was like, yeah, this is hitting it. Okay. All right. Okay, good. <laughs> so, f- folks, I told Willie before that uh, I got new systems so I can help us wrap. Because Willie and I are notorious for running it right, running the clock out. Um, because <clears throat> it's what happens when you get along with friends. We don't. It's not like we're timing our phone <laughs> right. calls, right? Uh, so I do not have a clock with that I look at when we talk. I, I really don't, and maybe I should. Well, I <laughs> I do, and I still go over. I mean, you know, what the what is wrong with me? Uh, all right. So oh. the other thing that I saw uh, yesterday um, is the trailer for the new movie Renfield. Tell me, tell me you've seen it. Yes. Okay. I, I have seen this. I, I've been following this movie since the, since they signed on Nicolas Cage. Right. And, and I just think it's going to be great. I think, you know, it, it's supposed to be kind of, again, a little bit of a dark comedy. And I think that's going to work. I mean, let's face it. If you have Nicolas Cage in a movie now, it's most likely going to yeah, be very so, so here's this. <laughs> yeah, so here's the setup. Okay, I just want people, because I yeah. had not even heard of this movie until I saw the trailer. And I didn't know that it was Nicolas Cage till the big reveal of the end on the trailer. Okay. So Renfield, obviously the classic Renfield, is Dracula's manservant, his his uh, his thrall, right? Uh, and in this case, Renfield is having a crisis, and he wants to just become a normal person again. And the the trailer shows him in like group therapy and stuff like that. And but he's got <laughs> powers, and, uh, and and the big reveal at the end is that uh, Dracula, his master, shows up at the end of the group therapy session. And it's Nicolas Cage hanging in midair. I mean, it was the most campy, funny. I was laughing so hard. I watched the trailer three times because I was just like, that is yeah. the funniest thing ever. That The guy's name is not Eddie Redmayne. What's the guy's name from uh, Warm Bodies? Uh, it's uh, 
Nicholas Holt Nicholas is actually going to yeah. be Renfield. Yep. Yeah, and yep. so the guy from Warm Bodies, and he played the Beast on the X-Men franchise. Kind with, of the reboot, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. or X-Men, X-Men, uh, baby X-Men. The know? Academy, <laughs> X-Men school, whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it looks so good, man. It looks so good. I can't wait for you to tell us more about that as it comes about. Uh, oh, I'm waiting to see it myself. I just, you know, I, I just think that Nicolas Cage is the guy who understands how to make this thing work and work fantastic. Well, right. And fully commit himself to make it work. Well, because <laughs> at this point, especially with the unbearable weight of talent coming out and just him leaning into that so hard and it being such a huge success. Uh, I mean, he could still do some some, you know, action. He could still. But he's he's leaning. It's like his thing now. Right. And remember, yeah. he was in yeah. Moonstruck. He had some of that goofy comedy in Moonstruck and all these other. So that's kind of where his roots were to begin with before he got all action heroy. And now he can be comedically action heroy. It's it's oh, it's just so, so good. So good. He, he has decided he will embrace the parody and be the parody for his own financial gain. Oh. And then he'll do something like. Like the pig movie where, you know, he's, he does a serious dramatic part yeah. and reminds you how good he really or is. Or Mandy. Have you ever seen Mandy? Oh, God, no. I've heard it's really great. Oh, though. man. Uh, just unbelievable. Dark. Oh, just but so good. So good. Uh, you want to hit me real quick with since we got a sec, you want to hit me with Kaleidoscope, uh, which is one we missed. It's the new Netflix series. This is actually really, really, really cool. So it it is an, it is a heist series, okay? And and every episode plays in a different order. What? What did he say? That's right. The only episode everybody <laughs> sees in the same order is the final episode. So when I go to Netflix, I might get like, uh, and they're all they're all uh, named after colors because the colors have a have a uh, kind of a role in each one of the episodes. So there's like a there's one that's green, there's one that's blue, there's one that's yellow, and I might get green, then blue, then yellow. You might get yellow, then green, then blue. It depends on how they shuffle them up for you. The only thing that's consistent is the last episode, and the idea is that so everybody has a different feel for what's this series all about who are the heroes who are the villains and it's either the most brilliant way to stop spoilers or the biggest way to start people to talk about your your series ever so it's it's a heist film or heist series pardon me Giancarlo Esposito as the mastermind uh, is really fantastic you know pulling together this this uh, group of people and as the series goes on we learn how each one of them has kind of ended up in this crew and and, and have what relationship they have to Esposito's character uh you know and we see his big showdown is with Rufus Sewell, another guy who's pretty darn good, yeah. who's a security agent who's actually trying to protect the target of their heist. And, uh, oh, yeah, he's got a history with these guys, too. I'm interested just based on what you told me. I mean, you know, the actors and the fact that they have this unique way of, you know, blitzing it all around and, and putting it in different ways. I mean, that's cool. That's cool. How many episodes yeah. are there? Uh, God, I want to say there's seven. I want to say there's seven. Uh, you know, but I, I mean, I just, I've really enjoyed it so far. I mean, I just think that it's really, it's really, it's very, very funny. It's a very well-written heist. I mean, you're starting to, you put the pieces together as you see the different points in time. And I think that's the other thing that works is they're jumping through time, but they're like, there's one episode that's seven years before the heist. There's another one that's a couple of months before the heist. There's one that actually takes place 
the day after the heist. And so you are still putting together all the pieces, just like everybody else who's watching it. Just you might get them in a different order. That's kind of a cool deal. I got to be honest. It's kind of. I think it's really cool. So I what, think it's really cool. Negative one to four. What do you say? I'm at three and a half waffles. I wow. think it's a lot of good, a lot of good stuff here. My final pick as we go out the door here, uh, and unfortunately, I thought they'd drop the whole series, but it was only three episodes. Damn it. The new Yellowstone pre-story, 1923. And with Harrison Ford and Helen Murren and just a bunch of actors that you, you'll recognize. I mean, wow. One of the most powerful shows I have seen wow. in a long time. Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren are just fantastic together. And like I said, I didn't realize I'd only had three episodes, and there's kind of a cliffhanger on the third episode, and now I'm just kicking myself for not waiting. But it is an amazing series. If you like Yellowstone, this is a much-watch. Even if you don't like Yellowstone, this is a must-watch. Uh, 1923. You should go watch it right now. So there you go. Willie Waffle, thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. I hope you have a great weekend. Thanks for sharing your time with us. Hey, you too. Talk to you next week. Folks, we're out of time. Be kind. Love one another. Live well. We'll see you later. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Radio.
We've shed our terrestrial radio skin, and now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show. 